the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. My name is Greg Britton. I am back from what they call in Congress a district work period. And pleased to be back. And uh, I missed the fantastic uh, Sebastian Gorka session that you had the week I was gone. We did have, and we played it as a part of our show last week. So now it's archived if folks want to go out to the uh, am590theanswer.com website and listen to the uh, archive of the Sebastian Gorka event. It was really, really good. And, you know, even Dr. Gorka was complimentary of the entire event, the organization of it. Uh, the content that we were able to, you know, produce in, in our conversation with him, he, he was he was magnanimous in his praise. In fact, he said so on his Facebook page. He said that was the best run non-military event I've ever attended. It was, and I saw most of it on the Facebook broadcast live when I was when I was back east. And it was you guys did a great job with it. You asked him good, succinct questions, and then let him run. He is he is so knowledgeable and so articulate in expressing that knowledge. He's a great asset. He really is articulate. You know, that's one of the things that I really envy about someone like that is his ability to really. First of all, his subject matter is mastered. He knows it backwards and forwards. But on top of that, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people in the national security community. On top of that, he has a a, a very uh, everyday man sort of way of spinning it out. It doesn't sound like a bunch of policy gobbledygook when it comes out. And the gravity of the situation that we're facing really starts to take hold. The, The room was packed. We sold out. And everybody there was, you know, absolutely, um, rewarded in attending they the overwhelming sense talking to everybody in the line to get uh you know the their signatures on the book he said he said he he said afterwards on the facebook page my wrist is finally recovered from signing all of that stuff but uh you know it's he said the bar you've set the bar so high i don't know if any other uh you know event book signing is going to be able to top that which was very kind of him. Um, so if you didn't hear it live, you weren't there, go to the podcast on am59theanswer.com. It's well worth your time. He is, he is a, he just fant- he's one of the most knowledgeable and articulate spokesmen and ex- on the issue of the jihad. Absolutely. And I know a lot of them, and I praise a lot of them. I mean, there are a lot of great people out there, and he is he's a standout voice. So this was a very interesting week. I know that— Is there, uh, is there, is there anything else going on that we could talk about? I don't know. You know, keep your arms and hands inside the roller coaster. It's turning into a wild ride between the uh, congressional Democrats turning the well of Congress into— a, Occupy con- The Occupy Congress movement. Yeah, anarchy in Congress. You know, a bunch of kids with pacifiers in their mouths sitting down pouting about the rule. Whatever happened, you remember— when 
when uh, Obama had been elected and they had the majority and they were we were constantly reminded that the, that the uh, voter mandate had to be honored. You know, the voters have spoken. Whatever happened to the voter mandate of us turning the Congress over into a, you know, a Republican uh, majority and the Senate over into a Republican? Whatever happened to the mandate now? Well, that's a fantastic question, and you look, you look at the people who are in charge of the Congress now, Ryan and uh, McConnell, and it's hard to, to think uh, who's really in charge back there, and what are they voting on? We've seen in the tragic uh, terrorist attack in Orlando, just the latest example of the failure of the Obama administration's counterterrorism policy. They, they will not identify the enemy. They don't understand the enemy. And they're, not, and they're hamstringing not only our military, but our intelligence and our law enforcement officials in dealing with the threat. So, so instead of addressing that, instead of insisting on votes on the on Kate, the Kate Stanley law, on closing the border, on pausing refugee resettlement until we can adequately vet the people that are bringing in and forcing the Democrats to vote on those things, the only thing they're voting on are the Democrats' proposals to further restrict the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding Americans. And another issue at the, at the, at the crossroads of this is also due process, the Fifth Amendment taking away the ability you know by putting people on the no fly list and and I agree we need to we we need to figure out a way to make sure that people that shouldn't have weapons like the Orlando shooter clearly that guy should not have been able to pass a background check okay but only in retrospect do you know that other than that you had an you had an american citizen who had never been charged with a crime had not committed a crime so how so how do you distinguish between other than by charging somebody and going to court and proving something that someone should not have a gun? Okay, so maybe the FBI investigating him for possible terrorist ties. I mean, you know, so the, the, the two, so, so the two the investigations. FBI, if the FBI comes out and interviews you, then you then you lose your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. When when you're a member. Of, a, of, of an organization that has committed uh, so far uh, 26,000 terrorist attacks well, what, since 9-11. So what, you, all, all, so what you're saying is all Muslims should, should not be able to, uh, to buy guns? I'm saying anybody that shows a tendency towards Sharia compliance, towards Islamic supremacism that has uh, come under the scrutiny of yeah, they need to prove that they should be able to have a gun. Yeah, well, who's, uh, well, then who's next on that list? And this is an administration right. that, that labels returning veterans, Tea Party members, people who love liberty too much, and a whole series of other categories are potential terrorists. Now, do we, do you and I now have to prove that we should be able to, that we're safe to own a gun because we're now, we're now potential terrorists? This is the great point that we have to have the debate on because you're absolutely right. And this is what I always concerns me whenever anything, you know, like this comes up is the slippery slope. And you're right. You know, who's with the with the Obama and this this is where the nexus between the Obama administration's handling of this threat, renaming it, countering violent extremism, stripping out the authority of the security agencies to be able to do the work that they need to do to be able to be trained on the threat 
from a from a standpoint of you know what is islamic supremacism what is jihad how to be able to identify those markers when you strip all of that out of our security agencies and you leave the fbi with what what they what remains which is this generic countering violent extremism uh process yes you're absolutely right there is a threat the first thing we need to fix is our national security agencies ability the great purge those people need to be trained in this because remember it wasn't just the first two fbi investigations there was a third uh individual that was a friend of his from the mosque that alerted the fbi there was also a gun store that called the fbi so so you've got several of these things that when you combine them all show that our and I'm not blaming the FBI. What I'm blaming is the the if you want to call them rules of engagement, that they are under a mandate of having all of that stripped out. Yes, that's the problem. Now, that is the problem. But to, but trying to but letting the government take away the rights of American citizens who have committed no crime, who are charged with committing no crime. Whether it's putting them on a no-fly list, or whether it's putting them on a, a, a no-gun list, or putting them on a no-First Amendment list, right. or a no whatever I, whatever amendment, that is that is completely and totally unacceptable. I agree with in you. My opinion. Wouldn't you say that's why this failed in the Senate? I, I think it did, and they, they couldn't even get fifty votes right. for it. And they also they increased the bar to sixty, but they couldn't get they couldn't even get fifty votes. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's the problem. But when you back up. Now, now, what you wanted to do is this, is to say, if you're on, if the government were competent enough to build a computer system, that when you do your background check, if that is, you're on the list, the FBI would get, would get an, an email notice or some, some kind of notice that one of the people on your list is buying, is buying a gun, and the FBI can then do whatever is constitutionally and legally permitted in response to that, and maybe if you see... This guy has bought five guns in the last month. Then maybe he's worthy, and he's on your suspicion list. Maybe he's worthy of a little more scrutiny. Right. So I'd be, I'm I'm okay with that. But to but to take away the rights of Americans, based on some bureaucrat putting you on a list secretly, no evidence, no hearing, no charges, no due process, no nothing, is completely and totally unacceptable. Well, I and and I, it's very difficult to disagree with you on that. Which you know. When you back when you back up and look at the environment that we're in, that the Obama administration has created, that has that fired Philip Haney, that that not only the San Bernardino shooter would have been on Philip Haney at the Department of Homeland Security's watch list, but so might this guy have been as well from Orlando. At one point, Ted Kennedy was on either the, either the no fly list or on the terrorist watch list. Before we take a break and uh, change the topic, because I know one of the one of the things that you want to talk about, of course, is Donald Trump's speech this week. There's two other observations about what happened in Congress with this sit-in. The first is, you know, the Speaker of the House has the authority to turn off the cameras from the uh, well when they're out of session or at any point in time. He can turn off the lights. He, he can turn off the lights. He did that, and the Democrats started to live stream using a Periscope, I think, and C-SPAN picked it up. Now, C-SPAN was under an order from the Speaker of the House to turn off the cameras. C-SPAN made the decision to pick up a live video stream from the floor of the House. C-SPAN has just revealed their bias, in my opinion. Oh, sure. That that they're an organization that wanted to uh, continue to stream what was an inappropriate uh, action on on their part. Um, And then the second thing is the, uh, the second thing I forgot. 
Well, I mean, you may think about so it. This, this would be a good time break. to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> a word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, a great patriot sponsor of this half of Unite IE Radio, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. More with Donald Trump and the election and the wild roller, co- wild roller coaster ride after this message. Easy for you to say. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Hillary Clinton wants to bring in people who believe women should be enslaved and gays put to death. Maybe her motivation lies among the more than 1,000 foreign donations Hillary failed to disclose while at the State Department. Hillary Clinton may be the most corrupt person ever to seek the presidency of the United States. You must have been in heaven this week when Donald Trump delivered his second coherent teleprompter speech of his nascent political career. Actually, it's more than that. He did, he did uh, before the foreign policy speech that was well-received, he did one to uh, it was a, some kind of a religious organization. And I forget the other one, but he's, he's done some teleprompter speeches before, and they've all been very well-received. Well, and that shows that it, when you can keep uh, Donald Trump uh, reined in, uh, keep him from doing his Trumpisms and uh, his Trumpies and his repetitions and going off script, he actually does well. So, so let's get into his... Uh, uh, his his conversation this week, and I want to open. I want to start it by validating that point. Your point about him staying on message. We showed at the Redlands Tea Party a couple at your last meeting a the foreign policy speech he delivered in April, an edited version of that. We stripped out. It was a thirty eight minute speech. We called it down to about twenty minutes, and it was very well received. Shared that also this week with the Big Bear Valley Republican Assembly, a brand new group uh, here in the Inland Empire, uh, shared this speech with them. And only about 20% of the room had ever seen it. So this was brand new material for them. And I got to tell you, the response from the room overwhelmingly was positive. Like I said in our prep is the Trump campaign should hire you, Don, to do this work for them because it's not Donald Trump. It's not on Donald Trump's website. See, most people aren't going to take the time to watch a 44, a 45 minute speech, but they may watch a a 10 or 20 minute distilled version of the speech. And you you cut out a lot of the the pause and some of the and some of the, you know, the 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 fluff remarks of, of of a speech and just get down to the substance. And it was it was a great presentation, in part because what Donald Trump said was great. And when you when you especially when you distilled it down to the twenty minutes of the substance. Well one of the things about get moving forward now to the speech this week, one of the things that I think is very telling were the headlines. 
that came out of uh, his speech. When you look across the spectrum, ABC News, uh, Trump blasted Hillary Clinton. Uh, the state headlines, Trump's speech about Hillary was terrifyingly effective. And that's, effective. A, and that's a very left-wing site. Slate, yeah, yeah. a very left-wing. And uh, the headline was interesting. The body of the article wasn't so you know complimentary, but still... You know, she did take an angle, the writer there, Michelle Goldberg, that the uh, speech was effective in terms of what it was intended to do. Even NPR, Trump gave the speech Republicans have been waiting 20 years to hear. Well, in part because Hillary Clinton really is corrupt and she really is a liar and she really is incompetent and devoid of any accomplishments in her adult political life. Absolutely. The accomplishment thing is a, is a big deal. Uh, now, Trump also got another tagline in this. We have a clip from this CNN. Uh, their headline was uh, Trump colon Clinton is a world class liar. Let's hear clip number six. Hillary Clinton. She's a world-class liar. Just look at her pathetic email server statements or her phony landing in Bosnia where she said she was under attack and the attack turned out to be young girls handing her flowers. This was one of the buttes. A total and self-serving lie. Enough said. I mean, what, what more can you say than that is that and her... her I, but I think the worst, the worst one he, he may have mentioned in another part of the speech, but the worst thing he did, he's, her lie, was this. After the Benghazi attack, she emailed her daughter that night, right, before she went to sleep and went home to bed, that it was a terrorist attack. In talking to the prime minister or presidents of Libya and Egypt the next day, it was a terrorist attack and nothing to do with the video. Right. When at the ceremony where they brought back the bodies of the men who gave their lives in service of our country in Benghazi, in part because of her incompetence, but let's not go there for the moment, she lied to the faces of the families of those men, telling them it was about the video. Yep. And we're going to get the guy. And we're going and we're, and we're to get the guy. This is a woman who will lie to the faces of families who, whose family members gave their lives for the service of this country. And that in and of itself, in my view, should disqualify her from any political office. Not the, not the email server? <laughs> There's a lot of things. But, but, just but that the, one, yep. I mean, the, mag- the magnitude of that, yeah, the, what, what that displays in terms of character, uh, in terms of her willingness to take up to, to prioritize politics, because that's what that whole Benghazi cover up thing was about. Remember, that was the election. It was 2012. Obama's narrative of Al Qaeda has been destroyed would have been compromised by calling this a terror attack by a Al Qaeda connected yeah, organization. Yeah, Al Qaeda was on the run is what they were saying. Absolutely. We're going to have more with the uh, with the Trump speech this week. Uh, Greg's uh, overwhelming uh Adoration of, of Trump will continue in the segment after our brief word from our sponsor. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More about Donald Trump and the election after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt, 
Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Her campaign slogan is, I'm with her. You know what my response is to that? I'm with you, the American people. And that's really what this election is all about, is there is an uprising of the people against the ruling class in Washington, who I call the corrupt, incompetent, do as we say, not as we do, ruling class that is making America less free, less prosperous, and as we've seen very tragically in Orlando just recently, less secure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I... I did not share your enthusiasm for Donald Trump, and I'm right up front about that. And I'm still not, you know, I'm not I'm not on the Trump train. I'm on the never Hillary train, which means I will vote for Donald Trump on November 7th. But what do you what do you think about the individuals from Mitt Romney to certain talk radio show hosts that continue to hold a position uh, that? I mean, I don't know what they what I don't know what the alternative is. There's no way to drop into helicopter in a candidate at the convention. It's a I mean, that would just absolutely rip the Republican Party apart just every much as as it would if, you know, Bernie Sanders or the Democratic Party tried to helicopter in a a candidate other than Hillary Clinton. Right. Let's, you know, hypothetically, if if the FBI recommended her indictment before the Democrat convention. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but let's hypothetically, and she withdraws. Or for health reasons, she withdraws. And they put somebody else in, absolutely. I mean, the Bernie Sanders supporters would be apoplectic. That's not quite the right word, but you get the idea. And rightly so. Yeah. He ran the race. He came in second. He got the votes. And then to helicopter in Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or somebody else would be outrageous. Well, it would be. And and part of the problem is that you have this uh, this this sector of the conservative of the Republican Party that still rails against Donald Trump. But my question is, towards what end? What's the purpose? We know with Hillary Clinton, the biggest thing, I mean, we had SCOTUS rulings this week that if Obama had had his way and gotten Garland in, we know which way that would have gone. Right. They would have, they would, they would have ruled that the president has the ability to rewrite the immigration laws of the United States of America right. and grant legal status to people who that the law says are here illegally. And the, and the four liberal justices were all for that, put one more liberal justice in there, and the president is, can do anything he wants to. So, I mean, even – so just on the, the, the point alone of the SCOTUS nominations, because Obama you – know, because uh, Obama – Trump did come out with a list. And that list, according to all the legal thinkers and people that know – the court systems, that list passed muster, didn't it? All the, the, no, I mean, if, if Ted Cruz supported those or nominated those people as Supreme Court justices, right. we'd be happy. They were, they were, that was a great list. Yep. So, I mean, even so on that alone, forget 
the fact that Hillary Clinton's a globalist. Forget the fact that she's compromised on so many levels uh, regarding uh, her her history. You know, in- that's, you know that's, a, that's, a, that's a real good point. Now, Donald Trump made that point. We don't, we don't have a clip of it. Is how many foreign governments have blackmail material on her? Well, not just blackmail. Look at the way that she, she, you know, after Bill Clinton had delivered a speech in China, within 10 days, she shifted, she pivoted on issues relating to trade with China and, and the State Department's relationship with her. Saudi Arabia's overwhelming amount of money that, that they've given her and her position on them. And, and from the Gorka event, one of the one of the hidden gems of the Gorka event was that, hey, the Muslim Brotherhood is a concern, but we need to be focused on the on Saudi Arabia's exportation of Wahhabism and their use of four to five billion dollars a year to fund the growth of that fundamentalist version of Islam around the world. And she's in bed with them. Okay, but, but I still think that, I mean, that you get the corruption and it's well documented. Clinton cashed the book and it's coming out in the movie is well documented. But the secret stuff, in those 30,000 emails and otherwise, I think this is a real issue. How many foreign governments have secret, very damaging information about her and her husband that they can use as blackmail? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Big week this week for SCOTUS. A couple of rulings that came out regarding, and it seems like Obama's dreams have turned into nightmares. We'll get into the SCOTUS ruling after the break. And there's a bell that still echoes the price that it costs to be free. I pledge allegiance to this flag. And if that bothers you, well, that's too bad. But if you got pride, these are the days of America, brother. This week, the Supreme Court of the United States seems to have turned Obama's dreams, or dreamers, into a nightmare. Greg, what a blessing that our Senate never confirmed Merrick Garland. Well, that's true. Uh, By a four-to-four tie, the Supreme Court upheld the rule of law and the Constitution that the uh, Congress makes the laws, and the executive is to faithfully... Execute, execute the laws those laws not to uh, dream up new ones for the dreamers or ignore them or rewrite them as 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 you see fit fit now they rewrote obamacare twice to to save obamacare but at least in this instance and I'm we're lucky because the 5th circuit where texas is located is one of the few courts where there's not a majority of obama and democrat appointed justice judges on the courts of appeal because in a tie vote what that does is it upholds and leaves in place the prior the ruling of the court of appeal so if that had been adverse the tie would have upheld executive amnesty and there are so many reasons to be concerned about immigration in our country. So when the ruling came out, Obama delivered a talk, a speech, one of his little speeches. And he said a bunch of things in there. And we haven't had a chance to get uh, some quotes of this. But I'm going to read one of his quotes from his 15-minute press conference. This is Obama. Quote, 
Now we've got a choice about who we're going to be as a country, what we want to teach our kids. We're going to have to decide whether we're a people who accept the cruelty of ripping children from their parents' arms or whether we actually value families and keeping them together. Unfortunately, he doesn't value Kate Steinle's family, whose daughter was ripped from her father's arms with a bullet from an illegal immigrant. And how about all the others' right. families? That's, that's, that's just one of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of examples of Americans who are victims of crime by illegal immigrants. Well, you're absolutely right. This statement of his rings so hollow i don't even know where to begin with how about the families of inner city black families who are being ripped apart by democratic policies where we have fatherless households who and those children are the ones look at chicago alone chicago alone every weekend if you tabulate the amount of uh shootings and homicides due to gun violence Every weekend, there's a terrorist, there's the equivalent of a terrorist attack in Chicago. And the, this gun violence can be directly linked to the dysfunction of the families in those urban centers. I wouldn't even use gun, the, the liberal term of gun violence. The problem is not the guns. I own firearms. I don't know if you, I don't know if you well, do, right. Don. But the, the, the problem is crime. The problem is criminals using guns. I agree. The problem is criminals if you use a car to commit a crime or use a knife to commit a crime. The problem is not the implement. The problem is the criminal. Well, it absolutely is. And this is happening all across. We see, um, you know, re- relating to, well, this is a court ruling. We'll talk about the Freddie Gray case in a moment. And I was going to link that in, but it, it, it's a different point. The entire issue of immigration, in fact, there's a meme that I saw this week uh, on immigration that I thought was actually kind of funny. It says, oh, you came to start a new life in my country? Please tell me more about how our schools and traditions have to change to fit your needs. The state of California is shifting because of immigration. We're a different state. Well, sure. You know, between illegal immigration and immigration proper, the culture in California has changed. And I, I would argue on some levels, the culture has changed in a way that's very un-American. Look at the response in Costa Mesa and San Jose and Burlingame to Donald Trump's talks. Those people that were out rioting in the streets and attacking American citizens exercising their First Amendment rights to support the candidate of their choice. They may disagree with it. I mean, fine, go out, you have your protest and say, yeah. and say what I mean, if you want to, you know, whack at the Donald Trump pinata as a protest, fine. I have no problem with that. Yeah. But that you attack, beat up, throw stuff at. American citizens, because they support a different candidate, that's that's not that's not that's not. American culture. That's not our. That's not American principles. But let's come back to families. Robert Reich, who was a labor secretary under Bill Clinton, very very liberal guy, said, and I quote: "Regardless of how you come out on legalizing undocumented workers, this plan will surely mean fewer jobs for some Americans." Close quote. So are we concerned about the families of American citizens that are not right. going to have jobs or are going to have lower wages? There was a professor at Harvard did a study that because of mass legal and illegal immigration, American workers earn $500 billion less per year because of the increased competition. Does, does, do the laws of supply and demand apply to the labor market? Duh. 
Well, and look at the unemployment rate in inner cities right now. Look at the number of people that are underemployed that fall off of the employment. You know, the Obama administration loves to crow about the unemployment rate, but they never call attention to the underemployment rate. We've got 94 million or probably higher now Americans that are unemployed or underemployed that should be the priority of this administration. Right. And at the same time, there's 25 million foreign born People now that are have jobs in America, uh, by definition, taking jobs away from Americans, and that's just that's just the 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 so, surface of it. So those families they don't care about, and of course the whole game is mass legal and illegal immigration benefits the Democrat Party politically, and if Americans become unemployed, have lower wages, are the victims of crime, that is a small price to pay for the Democrat Party to make all of America. Politically, like California is today, a one-party state. Collateral damage. Right. It's collateral damage for the cause. And that we haven't even begun to talk about the national security threat of this. So the national security threat of this is, is essentially codified in a, in a uh, memo that was released by Senator Jeff Sessions. It took them four requests in order to get from the Department of Justice a list of the individuals convicted of terror-related crimes in the U.S. since 9-11. And it turns out we have 580 individuals convicted of terror-related crimes since 9-11. Now, the hook... In this, that and then relates- there's more because the, there's some like the, the shooter in Orlando, the terrorist in Orlando, was killed in the process. Right in San Bernardino, they were, they were killed in the process, so they're not even part of the convictions. And what's also not a part of this is anything since December of 2014, because that list is only current through 2014. It's estimated right. that there's roughly another 114 on that list, so that would that would ultimately make it 600 and rough almost 700. But now. Jeff Sessions requested from the Department of Homeland Security the immigration status of each of those individuals and so far has been denied access to the DHS database that would allow them to link it. So you know what they did? They open sourced it. They went to publicly available information and found that 380 of the 580 are foreign born foreign-born individuals that have come to this country under one immigration or refugee program or another. And of these individuals, 33 had overstayed visas. 24 were initially admitted to the United States as refugees. And we're talking about right now the conversation about admitting. And this is where, you know, going back to Donald Trump, This is the conversation that Donald Trump blasted back into the headlines. One of the first conversations that he reintroduced into the American narrative last year was immigration. Right. And uh, never mind the open, I mean, in addition to the open border. So if unaccompanied minors can walk across our border... So can terrorists, and we've they they have they have oh, well, do- well they've documented. Stopped, they've stopped that. They found um, Islamic materials on the on the border, so they they can come in that way. But the F, the FBI, Obama's own director of national intelligence, has said that we cannot vet these refugees for terrorism because there's no there's no information, there's no database to vet them against. So when the guy says I'm Joe Schmo from Syria. You have no idea whether that is correct or not. Overwhelming disconnect between the Obama administration 
and their national security advisors on this ability. We got to take a real quick break. We're going to be more back with more on the SCOTUS uh, decision. Uh, there's Brexit. There's the Freddie Gray trial. There's we, we need two hours, Greg. Yeah. If you'd like to sponsor our second half hour of United IE Radio, give us a call. <laughs> right now, we have a, a word from our sponsor for this half hour, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. You know, Greg, something else that's been getting a lot of attention in the headlines, and I'm not sure, I'm curious to hear from you because you've been following this a lot closer than I have with all the other stuff that's been going on domestically. The big spotlight has been focused internationally on what's called Brexit, which is the vote that is being taken or was taken this week by in Britain about whether to exit the European Union or not. Now, it's getting a lot of national headlines. But what I want to know, since you followed this a little bit, what is the relevance to us here in the Inland Empire and Southern California about that event. Sure, I just want to know if we can, can we have tax it, uh, California exit. Uh, you know, do we, tax it. That, do, do I we like can, that. We can, we can secede from, uh, from, uh, from, from California. Uh, but here's the relevance. That in the Declaration of Independence, it talks about that governments have their just powers from the consent of the governed. The EU is like a super regional government. Where, where the commission that governs the EU is not directly elected. It comes from the various member states of the, of the European Union. In that way, it's like a regional government. So the people, they, they exert power over the people, including immigration. That's one of the key issues in the Brexit election, is they not, they're not answerable to the people at the ballot box. And that's something that the ruling class around the rule likes. And we see increasing that in regional government like SCAG here in Southern California and uh, the Sandbag, which is in San Marino County, where these agencies that don't have to answer to us at the ballot box get to make decisions about how we live, work, and transport ourselves. So that's, so that, that's, that's, that's the relevance. And this is, a, this is going to be a very close election. We're recording this on Thursday, when the, the day of the election. So by the time you hear this on Saturday, the result should be known. But this is a very important vote about whether or not United Kingdom, specifically in this instance, but more generally, 
uh, the people will be able to govern themselves through representatives that they elect. National sovereignty. Correct. And, you know, that was an interesting point that, uh, you know, we talked earlier in the first half hour about Donald Trump's foreign policy speech that he delivered in April that was the topic of a couple of meetings we've had here in the Inland Empire. One of the things he said, and it was almost a throwaway comment, and it's kind of too bad, but one of the things that he made a big point about was he will always stand on behalf of what maintains national sovereignty. And he juxtaposed that against this globalism that is definitely a part of people like Hillary Clinton who want to see national borders erased, who want to who want to reduce America to these four regional areas, essentially. Well, as, as more directly relevant, the Trans-Pacific Partnership creates a similar structure to the EU, this okay. transnational indirect, not, not elected body that's go, that, that governs implementation of the treaty and can amend the treaty without ever going back to Congress. It's the beginning of a similar structure to the European Union. And like the European Union, which allows free flow of people through the member countries, no control on immigration, and this is driving down wages in the United Kingdom and in England, like it is here, the Trans-Pacific Partnership would do the same. There's no restriction on the movement of people. There's unlimited temporary foreign workers under the Trans-Pacific Partnership that Obama supports, Paul Ryan supports, and other of these ruling class Republicans and Democrats support. And Donald Trump is very clear that America first, and we will preserve, and that the nation state, where the people get to elect their representatives, is the source of political prosperity and happiness. What is Donald, speaking of TPP and Donald Trump, what is Donald Trump's position on this Trans-Pacific Partnership? Oh, he's been against it from the get-go. Ted Cruz was for it last year, and then two, he wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal with Paul Ryan supporting it. Then when he saw the political winds weren't in that direction, two weeks later reversed himself and, 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 and opposed it. Okay. Well, the big thing that we always that we followed, uh, you know, for a number of weeks was the massive migrant flow out of the Middle East across Eastern Europe and into Central Europe. The boats, you know, the famous picture of the three year old that was scooped up on the shores of Turkey that had drowned. And we later found out the backstory of that. It was an economic migrant migration, not a. Uh, you know, a war-torn migration. These people are going over there because of the economic benefits, the free uh, flow of money out of these countries from their welfare states into these people who who show up. You've got That's massive... Nice. Massive immigration. Let me mention this one thing. You've got massive immigration camps in Calais, which is the end of the channel, which is the transportation corridor that goes under. I think it's the North Sea. What this? You know, English Channel. The English Channel. Thank you. Between Britain and France, massive amounts of people. So this migrant issue is a key issue, and, and is that part of what's driving this Brexit vote? Or is it on the leave side? Is probably the leading issue because if they remain part of the. Year- European Union, they cannot control immigration, both the Muslim, mass Muslim influx that we've seen, but also internal to the European Union. So you have the countries that are that are poorer, such as Romania, other places in Eastern Europe, all those people from those, from those countries are free to come into the United Kingdom and take advantage of the welfare and take and take jobs. So so it's having so this mass immigration is having the same effect there that it has here and that's so that's probably the lead issue on the leave side on the on the remain side they've been doing everything they can to scare people to say that the economy is going to falter if they're not part of 
the European of the European Union, yet Canada isn't, Australia isn't, New Zealand isn't, and all those countries are doing uh, doing just fine. Interesting. Well, we will uh, look forward to uh, uh, seeing the fallout from this, whichever way it goes, and maybe talking about it on a future Unite IE program. Coming up, we had a ruling in the Freddie Gray case and some other things happening here in the Inland Empire we'll cover after this message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. That's my favorite part of the program. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Look, I think you can tell Don's a bit of an expert on this. Now, how much did you have to pay Sebastian Gorka to say that? And, and, where, and where can I get that deal? I, I, you know, I have yet to ask him about what prompted him to say that. Uh, I've got to listen to the whole talk again, but that was very kind of him. But I'm not sure if, if was that one of those left-handed comments, like, leave the expertise to me. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. He's, subtly, subtly he's British. Yeah, yeah, yes, Don, you, you have studied the jihad, but I'm the true expert on this. I, you know, right. I, I I'm the guy that wrote the book. Shut right. up. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to ask him about that. Yeah, Gabriel, our engineer on the Jen and Don show, cut that out and popped that over to me and said, "Here's your new ringtone, Don." So I was like, "Wow!" And I completely forgotten he said that. And again, that was Sebastian Gorka, who was uh, on back on June 16th had a great event, and you can find his entire presentation. Uh, we put a lot of it on the last week's show. You can go to the podcast at am590theanswer.com, or they have the audio. I understand at the yep. uh, f- Facebook page of of Jen and Don. Yep. And then we will be taking. We did take some high quality video that day, and we will be putting together a complete video, and we're going to debut that at the Act for America meeting, which is the second Saturday of June. That's June the sixth. I'm sorry. Sorry, July. Thank you. Second Saturday of July, July the uh, 9th, I think it is. Yeah. So uh, coming up, we've got, as always, a uh, well, let's talk about the Freddie Gray case first, and then we'll get to some advertisements and announcements here at Unite IE. Sure. Freddie, as you recall, this was, this was a low-level drug dealer who was arrested, and um, the, the the powers that be in, in Baltimore had pressured the police to hey, take care of all the street-level drug dealing that's going on in this area. And the police went to do that. He was one of these guys that they they arrested. He ran from them when um, when, when, when we saw the police. They stopped him. They found an, it a knife on him that was illegal under city ordinances. They arrested and put him in the van. And when he gets out of the van, he it turns out he has suffered a spinal cord injury, and he and and he laid or died. This triggered a massive amount of rioting. The police initially were told to stand back and let the rioters burn, loot, and destroy. Right. 
and uh, then as to, to placate them, and I don't, I can't recall the exact quotes. The prosecutor says, "Well, you know, we're going to we indicted these people promptly, didn't review all the evidence, and brought these charges against the police, including the guys that just arrested him. Had nothing to do with." his ultimate injury, and these cases are starting to go to trial. One ended up in a hung jury, and two, including just this week, last one, resulted in acquittal by the judge. The, the, the officers had waived the right to a jury trial and let the judge handle the... Right, so these are the charges that were against Officer Goodson, who was found innocent or not guilty uh, this week. Second-degree depraved heart murder, yeah. meaning... Yeah. He, was the, he was the driver, driver. of the van. Yep. He was the driver, and he was essentially the one that. Uh, well, let me go through the, the the charges because these are. I can't imagine second degree assault, misconduct in office, manslaughter, uh, involuntary manslaughter by vehicle, gross negligence, manslaughter by vehicles, criminal negligence, reckless endangerment, and found innocent of all of those cases. And this was supposed to be Marilyn Mosby's, who's the DA, her strongest case was against the driver the rough the, the proverbial rough ride and the judge did not find any evidence that there was any kind of a rough ride that took place right and there, there was there was a statements by the another criminal also in the van that sounded like this guy was banging his head against the wall the the, the, the man who died right and uh, you, what it came down to is whether not buckling him in constitutes murder or manslaughter. And in fact, the, the, the city had only recently, before this incident, had changed its policy to require that. That's right. So for, so for all those years before that, they were transporting prisoners without buckling them into the back, in the back of the van. Never and, had this happen. Right. And, this, and that wasn't murder. That wasn't, that wasn't considered to be recklessness. So this, this, was, this was a political prosecution from the get-go. And from what I can see, uh, justice has been done. Well, yeah. And it's amazing to see the response from the community, of course, that was saying that was, you know, all for the prosecution of these police officers. The response from the community was basically we're, there is no justice anymore. Where is the justice? But, but what's happened in Baltimore since that time is the police, because of this, have pulled back. Right. Into, in, instead of being proactive and going out there and uh, getting, in, getting in the criminals' faces, they're reactive, they'll respond to a call, and the crime rate and the murder rate has spiked in Baltimore since then. So, has, you know, so who, you know, when you have the police, who does that really help? And I've it also, helps the law-abiding people in these communities. And, and I've got to believe that this has broken down a tr- the, whatever goodwill there was between the DA's office and the police department. I've got to believe that any any goodwill between those two, because obviously the DA, you know, the police and the DA, they've got to be friends. I mean, you know, they're the ones that prosecute whatever it is that the cops, you know, bring in. Yeah, they generally, they generally have to work closely together in developing a case yeah. that's sufficient to go to trial on. Well, we want to remind you to go to the UniteIE.com website and find any one of the 23 groups listed in that website throughout the Inland Empire. Get connected because, as we like to say on the UniteIE radio program, the most important political office is that of the private citizen. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another edition of the UniteIE radio program. And as always, get out there, get involved. Appreciate you listening. Be free, smile at what my children might be, and live with you beside me all of my dying day. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.